Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. Hey, Slate Church Online. It is great to have you tuning in today, wherever you're tuning in from, whether it is from uh, somewhere in Ontario, nearby, whether you're tuning in from Cambridge. Hello to everybody in Cambridge. Tuning in from maybe Coburg. It's great to see you guys out in Coburg. Hope you guys are having a great Sunday. Maybe you're tuning in from Elmira or Waterloo or Kitchener. Uh, maybe you're tuning in from outside of Ontario, somewhere across Canada or even somewhere else in the world. It's great to have you here with us today. I'm really excited to share a little bit of what God has placed on my heart. I hope you're feeling welcome. I hope you're feeling um, already just like expecting of what God can do in your life today. And we are going to share in week two of uh, Child Again series. And I'm really pumped about it. I want to just introduce myself and who I am. My name is Jared Moore. I'm part of the team here at Slate Church. And my wife and I have been a part of Slate Church for maybe three years now. I'm part of the staff team. And today's a really cool opportunity to share and speak to our church as a whole. And so I just want to say a quick thank you to Pastor Brandon and Pastor Emma for giving me the opportunity to share some of what God has placed in my heart around this Child Again series to our church as a whole. It's an honor, and I'm really looking forward to what God is going to do through His Word today. And so we're going to start just by reading a passage of Scripture, but I, I want to just um, talk a little bit about this Child Again series that we're in, because it, it's been really impactful already in our church and in our community as a whole. And I know that individually, Pastor Brandon's message last, uh, last year, I almost said, last week, was such a powerful message on this idea of God as our Father. And what does it look like for God to be our Father? What does it look like for us to be children of God? And he really fleshed this idea out quite a bit. And we're in week two of this Child Again series. And we're going to be talking about, listen, if God is our Father, and we are all sons and daughters of God, then that means that we are a family. And it's not just something that we can infer from that understanding if God is Father and we're all like children of God, then we're a family. It's actually something that's outlined clearly for us in Scripture, that we are part of the family of God. That the church is actually the family of God. Those of us that have made decision to accept salvation, accept the gift of salvation that we uh, receive through Jesus and His sacrifice on the cross, for those of us that believe in God our Father, we are now a family united through Christ together as brothers and sisters in this family of God. And I want to unpack that idea for us a little bit today. I want to unpack what it means to be a part of the family of God and what it means for us as individuals and for us as a community, both what it, like how do we interact with that and how does it like change the world around us. So we're going to jump right into it. I, I've been doing a lot of research on this over the last few days as I've been preparing for this, and I've been impacted by some key things as I've been studying uh, in, in God's Word and in a bunch of different commentaries and things like that. And I'm really excited to share with you guys today some of the things that I've learned and some of the things that, you know, you just grow up having ingrained in you. And so we're going to jump into it. But before we, um, before we begin, I, I also want to just like take a moment to recognize when it comes to this idea of family, it, it happened last week when we were talking about God as our Father and us as His children. We all come to this idea of, of church as family, or even just this concept of family with different backgrounds and different understandings, right? So myself, like I grew up in a, uh, a good family. I got a great set of parents. I have two younger sisters, Madison and Chelsea. I love them a ton. And, um, and we had some really like strange settings that we grew up in as a family. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but uh, like our family unit as a whole was really strong. And my dad was a pastor kind of growing up, and, and him and my mom are great people, and, and we were blessed with that 
like good family and it was healthy and it was great. I know people are tuning in today where the family dynamics are not so strong. Maybe you've been struggling with like abuse in your family. Maybe you're struggling with like addiction in your family. Maybe you're in a situation where you've had to put up some real like strong boundaries with your family in order to remain healthy as an individual and have a healthy relationship with them. And I want to recognize that too. And also we've got people that are tuning in as well that don't, don't even have a good concept of family because maybe you grew up without a family. And maybe you're kind of just on your own in some of these things, or maybe you grew up with a part of a family or, or this conventional idea of a family. And, and today, I just want to, like, to, to make a point of it doesn't really matter how we're coming to this idea of church as family and the family of God, because whether we're coming from a good place or a bad place or a non-existent place, it's more about what God wants us to take away from his word today. What is the ideal of what a family looks like? What does it mean to be in community as the family of God. And as we can all begin to jump into that, then we're gonna, we're gonna see a lot of growth in us as individuals and in our church and in our community as we talk about our identity as children of God and, and as a family here, all right? So we're gonna jump right into this. I'm gonna pray before we get rolling and then we're gonna uh, turn to scripture. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for this Child Again series and what you've been doing in our church. Thank you for the opportunity to communicate your word today. And I pray that as we're gathered around scripture today, God, that we would have ears that are open to hear the words that you're bringing to us today, Lord. But ultimately, God, that we would have soft hearts towards you, that we wouldn't be, um, we wouldn't let our, our pride and our, our, you know, fear or our worry or our frustration or our ego get in the way of you speaking to us today, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would do something powerful in our lives today and that you speak through me the words that you've given me. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to open our Bibles to Ephesians 3, just kidding, Ephesians 2, verses 14 to 22. If you've got a Bible, awesome. If not, there's probably one on your phone. I think even on the church online site, there's a little tab that says Bible. You can click on that. But Ephesians 2, verses 14 to 22, I'm going to read it for us here, and then we're going to unpack it a little bit. Ephesians is written by a guy named Paul to the church in Ephesus, and a lot of other churches would have received this letter. And Paul is trying to guide these churches in an understanding of what it means to be a part of the family of God, to be a community together. And so the first section of, of Ephesians is very theological, and the back half is very practical. We're going to jump into part of the theology of Ephesians and unpack that practically for us today, okay? So it says this, For he himself, and he's talking about Jesus, For he himself is our peace, who has made two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him... We both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. So Paul's given us this imagery where there, there are these two kind of um, groups of people at the time, the Jews and the Gentiles. And he's saying, no, 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 Jesus has come to unify these groups together, to bring everybody in under himself as a family, to be a part of the household of God. 
those of you that felt like foreigners and were foreigners, and those of you who felt close to God, doesn't matter. God is unifying all of you, bringing you together under the household of the family of God through Jesus Christ. And I think it's just like, it's a beautiful word picture, and we're going we're gonna to open it up a little bit more, but it often, like, this idea of, of family leads me back to just, like, thinking about the context in which I understand family, and I understand church as family. My, uh, my family and I, like, like I was saying before, they're a great family, but growing up, we did a, a lot of, like, strange uh, stuff, and, like, mostly vocationally. My, my dad had a lot of, like, unique jobs. He was a pastor um, in his earlier years, and then we, when I was born, we were doing traveling like church ministry in America and in Canada. And so we lived in a motorhome for the majority of the year. And we traveled from church to church, week to week, doing ministry at each of these different churches. And we did that from the ages of me being basically born until I was 12 or 13 years old. So the, the, the formative years of my life, this is what we did. And, and two things kind of rose out of that when it comes to family for me. The first thing that came out of that was this understanding that like, we're going to a new place every single week, and my, my family unit, my mom and my dad and my sisters, this is the consistent thing in my life. And so we grew really close as a family. And the second thing that it did is it actually opened my eyes to an understanding of like, the church as the family of God. We would go into a different place every single week, and when we showed up, we would be welcomed in by the pastor or that community or whatever, and we would get to know people and hang out with them and all this different stuff. And it never felt like like, obviously, every church was different. Every church had its good and its bad. It was part of different denominations, Baptist, AOG, like Pentecostal, all these different things. But each church had the same kind of, like, fundamental understanding of the world and of life. And so growing up, I didn't ever feel like I was just getting jostled around from all these places. I felt like I was part of this greater church family. And, and it was great, and I got a clear understanding of it at first, but it makes it hard for me a little bit to talk about church as a family because, like, that's just the, the foundation that I have. But what it also did is it really helped me understand how important, like, my family was to me. How significant those relationships were. I'm the oldest of three, and so I'm like the guinea pig as my parents are trying to figure out what parenting looks like. They tried all sorts of stuff on me, and by the time my youngest sister Chelsea came along, they had, like, scrapped most of it, and she's just, like, watching whatever movie she wants to watch, whatever, like, she's got a phone, all these things that, like, my parents were so strict on me growing up. And they're kind of like, they, they grew as parents a lot over um, their, like, season of having kids. But, but in all this stuff, like it really, I began to go like, man, my family is so significant in my life. And, and as I've grown up and, and become an adult and moved out of the house and gone to university and all these things, like family is just like this pillar in my life that I go back to. And you got to work on your family. And gotta, you got to fight for those relationships with your siblings as you're adults. And, and it takes on its, a, a different shape and a different form. But family is so significant. And that's why this idea of church as our family is a really like unique thing that God has set up and invited us into. The family unit in creation and in our world is not something that just like came about by accident. It's actually something that God has designed and created. And it's a significant thing. Those of us that come from good families often look back and go, my family is great and that's part of why I am the way I am today. And those of us that come from families where, it was, where the household was a little bit more disjointed or broken and, and we would consider that was a bad growing up or a bad family experience, like that has a significant impact on our life because family is significant in our lives, good and bad. And so to be invited into the family of God, it's actually like, it's actually a really significant thing. It's not something small or unique or, or try or um, no, it is unique. It's not something small or trifling. It's actually like a really uh, a beautiful thing that we're invited into. And I want to just like remind us of the significance of that today. 
as I was going through, I'm like, man, to be a part of God's family is actually quite a significant thing. It's a blessing to be a part of the family of God, to be in relationship with other people that hold the same values as us and the same worldview as us and the same understanding of, of the world around us that we do. It's actually a gift that God gives us. Because if you look at the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the example that Jesus sets is an example of extreme obedience to the will of God the Father that he asked Jesus, his son, to perform, right? Jesus comes into the world, like, alone. He comes in with, with Mary and Joseph and this, and this family, and he grows up, and, and when he begins his ministry, it's Jesus coming into people who don't understand who he is, people that don't understand much about, like, Yahweh, his Father, God, and people that don't understand much about the kingdom of heaven that he's trying to establish here on earth. And so oftentimes Jesus is in opposition with the world around him, whether it be the Romans of the day that didn't like, think very much of Jesus, or whether it be the Jews, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees that didn't think much of Jesus. And Jesus begins to build out of nothing this community of disciples and followers and begin to teach them about the way of God and about the way of the kingdom of heaven and about heaven here on earth. And, and God is discipling these 12 people. And we see this like Jesus kind of being a, like this, this light in the darkness in his life. But then you see towards the end of his life where those closest to him actually abandon him. When Jesus is on the cross, like he's alone. And, and ultimately his death, he's completely alone, save one or two people in his life. And, um, and those that are this like, community around him have, have abandoned him. And this is just this picture of Jesus being so obedient to the will of God the Father that he would go to death completely isolated, completely alone. And we see in Scripture that that's part of the call of us as Christians as well. Psalm 133, it says, How good and pleasant it is to be uh, it is when God's people live together in unity, for there the Lord bestows his blessing. But it's a blessing, and it's a gift. Because Scripture also talks about, in uh, Zechariah 10, verse 9, Though I scatter them among the peoples, yet in distant lands they'll remember me. There's this idea of us being light in dark places, us being scattered across the world to tell people about the gospel message and the truth of Jesus Christ. And you see this in the Great Commission. We talk about this, go and make disciples of all nations. There's a scattering, this outworking, this external focus that happens for us as Christians where we carry the Spirit of God into the places around us um, and we are the light in those dark places, but oftentimes we are surrounded in darkness. And so to be like in community with others is a real blessing. Luther has this quote and he, and he says it like in a pretty intense way and as I was reading it, it really impacted me. He says this, The kingdom of God is to be in the midst of your enemies. And he who will not suffer this does not want to be of the kingdom of Christ. He wants to be among friends, to sit among roses and lilies, not with the bad people, but with the devout people. You blasphemers and betrayers of Christ. If Christ had done what you were doing, who would ever have been spared? Like, what a challenging quote. And it, and it made me think and reflect, like, how do I see my life? Do I see it as just like, my goal is to make it through this life holding on to my faith and just surrounding myself with Christians? Or do I see myself empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and make disciples of the nations around me? But what it really did is it allowed me to put in context the importance of this family of God and Christian community. I remember in my first year of university, they got this thing called Frosh Week where it's basically just like a giant week-long party. You got games in the day. You're supposed to be meeting everybody. But I just remember every night, it's like games in the day and like party at night. Games in the day, party at night, party at night, party at night, party at night. And I came out of this context where like my family traveled around and then we did missions work in Thailand and it was just like very sheltered growing up and I was shot into university and I was so overwhelmed on this first week going like, what the heck is going on? 
Like, what are these people doing? Like, they're ruining their lives. All this stuff that I'm seeing, it's like, it's so apart from who I am as a person. And as I began to explain, like, people were like, well, like, how did you grow up? Or where's your family? And da-da-da. And I, I began to tell a little bit of my life story and, like, share a little bit about my faith. The response I kept getting back is like, so weird, so odd. So, like, what do you mean? That doesn't make sense to me. And I remember being, like, exhausted by the end of that first week. And I went to church on Sunday, and it's a church that I'd never been to before, and I only knew one person. They invited me out, and I got there, and I just felt like being in the church was just like a huge hug, like a, there's a warm blanket of going like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing to be in community with like people that believe what I believe, and I don't have to explain myself over and over, and I don't have to get these weird looks and, and help people walk along with the, the way that I understand the world based on Scripture the versus the way that they understand the world based on who knows what. It was a real blessing to be in church that day, and... Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it like this, he said, The Christian in exile sees in the companion of a fellow Christian a physical sign of the gracious presence of the triune God. It's true, of course, that what is an unspeakable gift of God for the lonely individual is easily disregarded and trodden underfoot by those who have that gift every day. Being, being part of the family of God isn't something to be taken for granted. And it's something that we can easily take for granted, especially here in the West when we have so much access. There's a church on every street corner and you can kind of pick and choose this denomination, that denomination, this church, that church. But there's something like that's such a unique blessing about being a part of the family of God. What's given to us by God as a blessing, we can often see as a burden when we take it for granted. Right? This, this gift of community is a blessing that God gives us in order to accomplish the work that He asks us to do throughout our life. But for many of us, we can see church, serving in church, being a part of church, engaging with church as like a burden. It's a checkbox. It's a thing i got to do or else I'm going to get in trouble. It's this like burden in our lives instead of this life-giving source of this blessing, this gift that God has given to us. And oftentimes like in churches today, like we're supposed to be the shining light and the city on the hill. Right? That's like our identity as a church. That's our identity as Christians. Our identity is part of the family of God. And oftentimes, like, instead of this beautiful light in the city on a hill, we're more of like a flickering, like, fluorescent bulb that is just, like, annoying to the people around us. We've got a million different, um, different denominations, and within each denomination, there's arguments about this and that and the other thing. And, and even within, like, each individual church, people are kind of at each other's throat for things like this. And a lot of times we're getting this picture of this family of God that's bound together in love and unity and grace and peace. But why doesn't it look like that in our world a lot of the time? And I wrestled with this thought a lot this past week. And as I was, as I was thinking about it and praying through it, God gave me just this, this, this idea that I'd not thought of before. And I wanted to share it with you today because it really impacted me and helped me understand deeper how we can move forward as a, as a church to really live out this family of God identity and not just like a checkbox on our calendar. But it was this idea. Oftentimes when we take, it for, take church for granted, it's because we forget that while the primary connection of our family on earth is the blood that is running through our veins, we forget the primary connection in the family of God is the blood of Jesus that's been poured out for us. I want to read that again because I want that idea to just like sink in. The primary connection of our family on earth, the significant family bond that we all hold tight to, this blood is thicker than water type thing, is the blood that runs through our veins. But we forget the primary connection in the family of God is the blood of Jesus that's been poured out for us. If we want to see our church actually become a family that reflects the kingdom of heaven here on earth, we can't do that just with what we're bringing to the table. We can't do that with our own like just sinful nature and physical desires and our carnal nature because it's never going to be enough. Like when I, what I bring to the table is, 
is shame when it comes to like my relationships. It's insecurity. It's, do this person like me enough? Do they think this? And then that shame can lead to insecurity. That insecurity can lead to pride. That pride can lead to walls being put up around myself. But in the passage above that we read, it says, For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone of the building. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. It's not in our strength that we are part of the family of God. It's nothing that we did to become a part of the family of God and to be a part of the family of God, to be a part of church community. It's nothing that we're even bringing to the table. But as individuals, as Christians, as, as a community of believers, we have to keep going back to this understanding and idea that we need the peace of God in our life. We need the strength of God in our life to be what we need to be for one another as a family and as a community. You know, often I think of like, what, what do I want my family to look like? What do I want my church community to look like? And I wrestle with this idea a lot. And often, I just keep coming back to the fruit of the Spirit. I want it to be full of love. I want it to be full of joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, each of these things. But I can't bring that to the table on my own. I have to rely on the Helper, on the Holy Spirit to give me what I need to be in this community with others. Because the, the Bible says that the world around us will know us by our love for one another. But do we see that a lot of the time? Because you can't just muster up love in yourself. You have to receive that love from, from God to be able to pour out into those around us. Uh, Bonhoeffer, again, he says it like this. The more we receive, the more we're able to give. The more meager our brotherly love, the less we're living by God's love and God's mercy. It's when we get an understanding and a revelation of the love and the grace and the mercy that God has poured out on us that we can actually invite others into that love and grace and mercy and extend that hand to those around us. Romans 15, 7, accept one another then, just as Christ accepts you in order to bring praise to God. Christian community, the church, this family of God, it's not an ideal, but it's a, it's a divine reality that we live in every single day. And so we've got options we've got choices to make as people will we understand it and see our identity as followers of jesus and as a part of the family of god or will we just see church as like something that we go to i want to encourage you that the church is not something that we go to it's a family that we belong to and we have to allow that identity as being part of this family to permeate who we are to go like no no no. this isn't just something i add on to my life my relationship with god isn't just a, a secondary thing alongside my job and my family and my spouse but this foundational identity of i'm a child of god and i'm part of the family of god it will drive us to the appropriate things that we need to do as people to build that community and to build those relationships and what do i what do i mean by that like in my relationship with my wife beth we can like fight we don't fight a ton, uh, fight enough, definitely fight enough, but we can fight and we can hash it out and then we go to bed and we say, I love you and we wake up the next morning and we keep on going. And there's no worry in Beth's mind whether I'm going to leave or whether I'm going to quit because quitting isn't on the table, leaving isn't on the table, but we work together to figure the things out that are going on in our life. And there's a security in that because I know like, hey, you're my family. You're the person I've committed to. You're, you're part of my like identity as, a, as an individual is the responsibility that I've been given by God to steward our relationship well. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to work this out. And it allows Beth to live a life where she can make mistakes and it allows me to live a life where, where I can make mistakes. And we've got to have that commitment 
to the family of God to go, we can live lives where we make mistakes, where we say dumb things, where we hurt one another, and then we have the space and the opportunity and the mercy to go back and say, hey, I'm sorry that I did that. I'm sorry that I said that. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. I'm sorry that you made me feel this way. Like, can we figure this out together? Instead of just writing one another off and going like, ah, forget it. I don't need to be a part of it. I never want to see that person again. Forget about it. I never want to be in this church again. I never want to be around. But we actually work and we fight and we make space for one another. And we can't do that on our own. And that's where we have to understand the love and the mercy and the grace of God that's poured out to us so that we can pour that out to those around us. And again, all of this is unified. All of this is brought in by the sacrifice of Christ and the cornerstone of Jesus, the fact that he paid for our sin and allowed us to not live overwhelmed by our shame and our guilt and our fear and all the things that keep us from relationship with one another, but that in Christ we can release that stuff and take on the character of Christ to be people of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, to be lights in the world around us and to see our community, our family, as a place where we can be filled up and we can be restored and we can be encouraged and we can do this whole thing of iron sharpening iron and all the stuff that scripture talks about where the love that we have for one another is actually example to the world around us of who we are and who we can be. And, and can you imagine like a community like that? A community where you're not walking on eggshells to say the right thing all of the time. Community where you know that you can, you can say something stupid and make a mistake and, and like people are going to forgive you. You know what I mean? Where you can go and um, be honest about who you actually are and what's going on in your life and people's response isn't like, oh, that's disgusting. But their response is like, compassion? You go, man, like I can't imagine. Like, yeah, that must be really hard to deal with. How are you doing? Thank you for telling me. I'm, I'm honored that you would like, even let me know about what's going on in your life. How can I help? This is the kind of, of community we need to be. This is the kind of family that God is asking us to be. We can't do it out of our own strength, but we have to do it in the strength of the Holy Spirit as He leads us deeper into love and to joy and to peace and to patience. As we release more of our desire to make things happen to God, to say, God, what is your will for my life and for this family? And how do I, what's my piece to play in that? You can't be freeloaders in the family of God. I mean, you can, just kind of annoying. Contribute, get involved. And I'm not even just talking about joining team. I'm, I'm saying invite somebody over to your house and share a meal with them. For those of you that are like in Coburg, have one another over. For those of you that are in, in Guelph and in um, Cambridge, like invite one another into your lives, be vulnerable. Like live your life with humility and, and, and tell people what's going on and allow them to encourage you and, and be available to encourage them. But let's treat the family of God as a family and not just something that we attend. Church isn't, again, something that we go to. It's a family we belong to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, but before I pray, I just want to like create a moment and, and a bit of a space here. Not even a moment, just a space for those that are on the other side of the screen that are hearing, man, I want to be a part of this, this family of God. I didn't realize I was a son or a daughter of God. I didn't realize that, that Jesus actually put so much effort into making space for me to live a life that's more full than the one that I'm living now. I didn't realize that God loved me. I didn't realize that I, I was so broken and that I needed a Savior. Maybe you're, you're hearing some of this for the first time and you're going, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to be invited into this. That invitation is open to every single person today, whether you're on the other side of the screen or you're in the office or wherever you are, that invitation exists for every human being living on earth. And if today you're going, I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I want to, I want to be a son and a daughter of God. I want to be joined in community with this. I want to know what it looks like to live my life, not just as of myself, but in this relationship with those around me. I want to pray for you today. And so wherever you guys are, like maybe you're watching this by yourself, why don't you just bow your head and close your eyes?
and I want to pray for you. There's going to be a button that pops up that says, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus, commit my life to Jesus. Lord, I would just encourage you to click that today if that's you going, I want to be part of the family of God. I want to, I want to take that step towards God to say, I want to give my life to you. Why don't we pray together? Jesus, thank you so much for those that are on the other side of these screens making a decision to follow you and a commitment to take a step towards you today, God. I pray that you would give them um, just a, a deeper awareness of your love for them, Lord, that you would open their eyes to the love that you have for them and to the truth of the fact that you came and that you lived and that you died to create a way for us to be in relationship with you, God. I pray that even in this moment that your Holy Spirit would do something new in their heart and in their life today. God, and I pray that even um, just as they're listening to the words that are coming across right now, God, that you would reveal your love to them in a fresh way and in a new way. God, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to be in relationship with you and in, in relationship with one another. In your name we pray. Amen. What's the best decision that you could make? And in a moment, Pastor Nate has got like a, an MC spot and he's going to close us out today for our online service. He's going to tell you a little bit more information on what your next step is to be a part of this family and this community. But I just want to say great job. It's a great decision. It's the best choice that you could ever make. And I want to close today, um, just for everybody else, I want to pray for another group of people here. And so wherever you are, why don't you just like, if this, if what I share right now speaks to you, why don't you just like lift your hand? Don't do it yet. I'll, I'll explain what it is, but just close your eyes. Like just take a moment here before God. And I know I'm, I'm going to be lifting my hand on this, but if you're in a spot today where you have maybe taken for granted the family of God and the opportunity to be in a relationship with other Christians and other believers, maybe you've been in a spot where um, you've taken that for granted. Maybe you've been in a spot where you've been really frustrated with the Christians that are around you. I know that I, I can fall into this one often. And you need God to refresh your heart and to give you a new level of compassion for those around you, a new level of grace for those around you, a new level of love for the people in your life, maybe for your actual family here today, your blood family here today. I just want to invite you to, to raise your hand. My hand is raised on this. I need more of God's Holy Spirit in me to live the way that He's calling me to live. Jesus. And I thank you so much for the opportunity to live in community and to live in relationship with one another. And I pray that this wouldn't just be a concept in our mind, God, but it would be a reality in our life. Like, we're living in it anyways. Like, we are in relationship with other Christians right now. But God, I pray that we would do that in a way that's honoring to you, in a way that actually impacts the world around us, not in one that is built off of the building blocks of our own insecurity and shame and fear, but the one, the one that's built on the building blocks of your Holy Spirit, of your love and your joy and your peace, your patience, your kindness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your self-control, God. We love you so much and just ask that you would fill us with your spirit today, God, that you would give us a new energy, a new compassion, a new love and mercy, new grace for those around us and a new perspective on those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. I believe we are going to sing one more time in worship, but uh, thanks for listening today. I pray that as this, this, this idea of family and God's family, pray that it would speak to you in a new way today. And I would just encourage you to take some of these thoughts back, do some research on your own, look into what scripture says about being part of the family of God, and allow yourself to take a step towards that communion in a new way today. But hey, why don't we stand and lift our hands and we're going to worship together. Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.